You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Giant turkey is a little over the line, my man. Back on The Pipeline Show and this CHL trade deadline episode. We're going to start in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League as the deadline a few days earlier than it is in the Ontario Hockey League and the Western Hockey League. And my guest to break down everything that went down is Willie Paloff from the Halifax Chronicle Herald. Uh, Willie, welcome back to The Pipeline Show. Thanks for taking the time. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, very busy trade deadline once again in the queue. That's no surprise. We see uh, a lot of big trades in the queue every year, uh, and this year no exception. Uh, is there one or two that immediately jump to the forefront, though, as blockbusters? Yeah. Well, let, let's do two. Uh, the all involving world junior players, yep. uh, well, or close to it. Um, so in Shakutami, you had two. You had Rafa Lavois going to, uh, from Halifax to Shakutami for a pile of draft picks. And then, uh, surprisingly, Dawson Mercer going from Drummondville to Shakutami because, you know, he's an 18 year old. So certainly we'll be back in the league next year. I don't see him going straight to the NHL. And, um, as far as I can tell, looking at the trade, the uh, Shakutami just overwhelmed Drummondville and made it hard for them to turn it down. Um, all kinds of, I think it's six draft picks right now, including yeah. three firsts, but as the Quebec league likes to do, uh, some of those will become players in June. It's all sort of sketchy and agreed to in advance, but, um, <laughs> that, that makes them really strong. And, uh, you know, the other big one is, um, Jared McIsaac and Bo Grew going from Halifax to Moncton. So what's called Grew kind of a, a borderline world junior player. Cause he almost made the team. Mm-hmm. sent home from Europe at the last second. Of course, McKay's a two-year player, but uh, same idea uh, on, on the trade right now. There's six or seven draft picks, but most of those will go back. Halifax will keep uh, Moncton's two first-rounders, uh, 21 and 22, and uh, then a couple players go there in June. So, you know, those are the biggest ones that went down and make them probably the, the two front runners right now, for me anyway. That would be Moncton and Shakutami? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all both pretty good teams already, but uh, they're, they're both stacked now. Because um, there were some other trades they made too, like uh, Felix Bebo going from Quebec to Shakutami. He was a key player last year uh, when Ruin Aranda won the Memorial Cup. Um, few other smaller trades there. And then, of course, Moncton already had players like Jacob Peltier, uh, Jeremy McKenna, Alexander Havanov, uh, Russian world junior player. So a um, couple of powerhouses there. Now, Sherbrooke has been leading the league uh, right almost since day one, if not since day one. They were fairly quiet. They made, what, a couple of trades, but nothing of major significance to, in your mind? No, not not at that level of those trades I just mentioned. I mean, they did get, bring in some good players. Um, Samuel Bolduc, defenseman from Blainville, and uh, Xavier Bernard, another defenseman from Charlottetown. A couple of good players. And then the last second, they got uh, a 20-year-old out of Gatineau, Charles-Antoine Wah. But they're, uh, they're a team that's really better built to win next year. So I, I don't think they felt like they, they wanted to empty the tank and then uh, miss their chance next year. Because, you know, their, key, their core players like Samuel Poulin, a few other guys, um, we'll, we'll be 19 next year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the team they already had, like you said, is first. So you had a couple of, uh, secondary players and, and try your, you know, try your luck. Right. So, uh, they'll get a crack this year and next year, but they're, they're right in there, uh, almost, uh, at that tier with Shakutami and Ramuski. 
Or sorry, uh, Moncton. Uh, I'm going to go back to the Dawson Mercer trade for a second. And uh, you're right, three first-round picks, two seconds, and a fourth. But as you said, in the queue, we often see these deals change after the playoffs and and uh, probably, what, at the draft. Um, why, why is that allowed? <laughs> I wish I knew. I, I've always hated it. it it's completely disingenuous. Uh, I, I'd be most upset if I was a team from uh, the OHL or WHL winning, uh, you know, through building through the draft and trades. I mean, they can't even trade first-round picks in the O. And then you got to go against these teams that have uh, players on the team who were already traded for the following June. So I don't know. The, the Quebec League's always uh, been a little bit on the sketchy side uh, with a lot of things. And, and this one I don't think really helps their image a whole lot, particularly when the, tra- the players that are, are – considered future considerations are often the best 16 or 17 year olds. So uh, there's all this secrecy around it and everything else. It's, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's always been accepted and uh, it still is. It's unfortunate. I don't know if you can tell, but traditionally or historically when a trade like that happens. So in this case, it's Shakutami and Drummondville. Uh, Mercer goes from Drummondville to Shakutami for a boatload of picks. Will some of those exact same picks then go back to Drummondville for actual players? Or, I mean, um, uh, become instead of, uh, um, yeah, actually, I guess, would the picks go back to Drummondville and uh, then it would be players the other way around? Or does Drummondville send more picks to, to get actual warm bodies back? I mean, how, what do you foresee? Well, um, yes, not all of them will go back, but a lot of them. I mean, the easiest one to explain might be the Moncton one I talked about earlier. So the Wildcats now have Jeremy Kaisek and Bogru on their team. And I won't list every single pick that's in Halifax's hand because there's six of them, I think, six or seven. Um, so it's all, this is all, by the way, agreed to in advance, filed through the Quebec office. Um, so there's actually, I'm looking at it now, there's seven picks seven. that Halifax owns right now. Uh, included in that seven is, and this, by the way, is, is just what I've heard. It doesn't make it official. Um, they, they own Moncton's 2021 and 2022 first rounders, and then there's five other picks. Right. So June comes when the draft is, Quebec League draft, that is. Five of those, the other five picks will go back to Moncton. Two players go to Halifax. It's announced on the day before the draft, Friday, when the, the trade period opens, the, the next trade period. And then um, there you go. That's how it works. And, yeah. and Mercer will be the same way. Um, I don't know as much about that trade, um, except that there will be some of those picks that go back. And I believe the player going back to, let me think about this, I'm trying to think of his name, uh, is a first, first round pick from this past draft, or maybe the draft before. But anyway, the, yeah. the point is, uh, it's a buy now, pay later. Uh, everybody agrees to it. it. Has to be filed officially for so no one can back out of it. And um, you know, like I said, it's too bad. It, it just doesn't look good on the league. I don't think. No, I, I agree with you. At, at least it's on the books and nobody can back out of it. I, I guess that part of it kind of makes sense. And it's it's every team in the league is able to do the same thing. So I guess. In a way, it's kind of above board, but it just sounds really sketchy. 
Yeah, I, I guess the easiest way to look at it is, I mean, could you imagine the NHL doing this? No, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Uh, and, and let's remember that this is all part of the CHL. So the, the three partner leagues, you can trade first-round picks in the Quebec League. You can't in the OHL. Like, there's different rules. Yeah. It would be nice if, if they just all got on the same page. You know, if, for example, this is going back probably 15 years now, there was a trade between Halifax and Cape Breton where a bunch of players went from Halifax to Cape Breton for some draft picks and other stuff. And then uh, a year and one day later, the exact same players went back from Cape Breton to Halifax. It was all agreed to in advance. So uh, at the time, the rule was a player can't return to the same team within a year. Mm. So after that trade, now it has to be two years to discourage that one because, you know, future considerations are bad enough, but boring a bunch of players for a year and agreed to in advance is even worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, were you surprised there was a team that uh, didn't get uh, jump into the trade frenzy as as much as they did? Maybe they made a trade or two, but nothing of significance. Were you surprised by somebody that kind of stood pat? No, not really. Um, you know, two other teams that are, uh, I would say, at least dark horse uh, or perhaps uh, close to top tier contenders are Ramuski and Cape Breton. Um, Ramuski, of course has Alexi Lafreniere for this last year and, and had good pieces around him. Didn't have as much to trade to get new players, but they did well with what they had to uh, surround him with some better talent. And, you know, as we saw with Team Canada, that kid could carry a whole team, right? Yeah. So um, they did enough, I think, to, uh, you know, to, make, to to give him a chance to win. And then and the Cape Breton, um, I won't say they were exactly like, Sherbrooke, but they weren't an A-level built team for now, but did well to add, uh, you know, junior style players that aren't, for example, first round NHL picks, but have a good history as winners. Um, they brought Tyler Heineman from Ruin Miranda, a kid who won the Moral Cup last year. A um, few other guys that have been in long run. So, you know, they're, they're a team that could surprise. I mean, we, they build these teams on paper, but they have to play the game. So, as much as these other teams have, have stocked up on uh, on sort of the elite players, um, you know, sometimes it's the guys with with uh, junior at the end of the line are the ones that that perform best in playoffs. You know, some of these other guys have the NHL waiting for them. So, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that. There's there's a good five or six teams that can really go go good distance this year. Now, Willie, you're in Halifax. The Mooseheads obviously moved big pieces out. Uh, was the fan base prepared for this? Did, could they see the writing on the wall and, and knew that this was coming? I mean, the Mooseheads are always a good team, but they are uh, well down the standings this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think any informed fan knew that. Anybody who pays close attention would realize that, although starting near the end, you know, grew and McIsaac and McGuire and maybe a core of six or seven players, it's really not quite enough when you don't have a second line or you don't have a, a legitimate third pairing, that kind of thing. Um, particularly where they had to build their team up last year, which meant they, they didn't have any draft picks or young players to trade. So there was no real opportunity for them to, to bring in some secondary players. So mm -hmm. I think if for those fans who understand how the cycles in junior hockey work, there's no surprises, but, uh, perhaps a casual fan or a young fan uh, who looks at that team and sees those names, some of the best in the league and sees them, you know, 
a little bit above 500 wonders why they didn't just go for it. But of course, had they done that, they, they would be bottomed out for two to three years where now, you know, they'll be pretty good next year. They'll be a 500 team. And, and then the, the rebuild would probably be close to done by the year after. So um, <laughs> it's, it's not as bad. And, and they're, they have some, some players who uh, they brought in just, just cheap uh, overagers and a couple of veterans uh, just to fill some gaps. So, you know, they're not going to get blown out or anything, but they, they certainly can't uh, get, get out of the first round. I wouldn't think. Yeah, and again, the Quebec Rampart uh, were real quiet again too, weren't they? Uh, or if they made deals, they certainly weren't uh, where they were loading up. As they're uh, in the one of the cellar dweller teams, they might make the playoffs, but just barely this year. Uh, Patrick Waz returned to the queue. Hasn't been uh, overwhelming uh, to say the least since uh, he returned behind the bench. Uh, where do you see things going there? Yeah, same idea. He, you know, Patrick's pretty realistic. He he came in last year and. Is, team was uh you know the way it was constructed was not ideal so he picked away a little bit and um kind of hovered around the middle there and and then this year thought he would uh at least look at what uh what his team would do in the first month or two and I think he knew pretty early on it it wasn't going to happen so um he traded away Felix Bebo like I mentioned earlier and he, he got Theo Rochette back he's a good young player 17 year old and um dealt away most of his veterans of any significance. And so he'll, he'll, he doesn't need a lot of time to turn it around. I know two years now have been both pretty average, but he's got an okay core now. And of course he'll get uh, a bunch of new drafted players, uh, you know, a little bit like London and the OHL, mm -hmm. the big market teams, they can attract top Europeans and, and other kids who may be opting for NCAA. It's just, you know, they've got more to offer. So, uh, I would think by next year he'll be back in the mix somewhere. All right, and speaking of uh, the World Junior Championship, you mentioned it a little earlier. We're seeing some of those, uh, especially the European players who weren't playing in the CHL, now kind of trickling over and joining their CHL teams for the, the remainder of the year. A couple of guys doing that in the OHL, uh, and we've seen it in the dub in the past. But anyone like that uh, coming to the queue uh, to finish out th this season? Not that I've heard, no. Um Everybody, you know, they, they, the Quebec League does like to have their players in place early on. Uh, that's just typical. Uh, for, for the smaller market teams, it can be hard to attract the very best. So, you know, they, they get a lot of second tier players and, and bring them along. Um, and then the bigger teams, as I mentioned, they, they get uh, almost the pick of the crop there. So, um, I suppose if anything, uh, there was some scouting going on. Uh, I know the Mooseheads will probably pick in the top 10 and they're, they're a team like Quebec and London that bring in those big names. So, uh, you know, watch, watching them, they've, they've done well in places like Switzerland and Germany and some other places. So um, I, I'd imagine they had their eye on, on those players. But, uh, no, everybody else is pretty, uh, pretty much in place already. And no Charlie Coyles this year, guys who are leaving the NCAA and, and coming up north? <laughs> Not that I've heard of. But uh, with this league, you know, you never know, right? Uh, but... Uh, Unless uh, unless somebody's uh, got a 12th round U.S. kid that has been under the radar and somehow finds a way, I think what you see is what you get right now. Awesome, Willie. I uh, really appreciate your time. Great rundown of everything that happened earlier this week with the trade deadline, and uh, looking forward to the rest of this uh, regular season into the playoffs. And we'll be calling you again. All right, right on. My pleasure. Thanks, Key. 
Here's Willie Palov uh, doing a great job once again on the Pipeline Show with a recap of the trades at the queue deadline. Now, last night, Friday, uh, a few games in the queue. A Moncton didn't play, so we'll get a new look at the or a look at the new look Wildcats uh, with their next game. Shakutami did play. Raphael Lavoie with a goal. Dawson Mercer didn't play in that one though, but uh, interesting. It looks like it's going to be you know three, four teams really at the top of the queue to uh, uh, follow down the end of the season. Cape Breton. I know the poll on the queue's website asked fans to vote for which team improved the most at the deadline, and Cape Breton is leading in that poll. Now polls are subject to they're basically popularity contests, so maybe it's a lot of, you know, uh, Cape Bretoners stuff in the ballot box. Who knows? My initial instinct was to say uh, Moncton or Shakutami, but uh, we'll see how it all plays out as the stretch drive to the playoffs uh, begins in earnest now. We go from the queue to the Ontario Hockey League, and my guest, Chris Abbott, the uh, new voice of the Hamilton Bulldogs. That's next here on the Pipeline Show. Suzuki now, cutting into the middle, there's a shot, scores, and Suzuki makes it 8-1, he has his second and his fifth point tonight. Hey, it's Nick Suzuki from the Owensdown Attack, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. From the organization that brought you Mark Messier, Matt Benning, and Ian Mitchell, Spruce Grove Saints Junior A Hockey is officially back for the 2019-2020 season with all the action taking place at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. With tickets starting at just $15 per person, AJHL Hockey provides some quality entertainment. For more information, visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca. 